0: Israel's son Joseph loses it all, then gains it all, then loses it all again, and then gains more than he ever could have dreamed. Actually, I take that back. It's exactly how he dreamed. Today's reading contains adult themes, so parental discretion is advised. It's Genesis chapters 38 through 41 and Psalms 13 through 14 here on Commuter Bible. This is Commuter Bible, the audio Bible reading plan to match your weekly schedule. I'm your host, John Ross. When Joseph is sold into slavery, it seems that he has lost it all, except that Joseph has not lost what is most important. He hasn't lost God's divine and unmerited favor. Through Joseph, God divinely orchestrates the salvation of his people, sustaining the entire country of Egypt as well as the surrounding nations during a period of severe drought. His circumstances seem devastating in the short term, but once God's plan becomes clear, the scriptures say that Joseph forgets his former trouble. As we're told in Romans 8.28, we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. Genesis, chapters 38 through 41. At that time, Judah left his brothers, and settled near an Adulamite named Hira. There Judah saw the daughter of a Canaanite named Shua. He took her as a wife and slept with her. She conceived and gave birth to a son and named him Ur. She conceived again, gave birth to a son and named him Onan. She gave birth to another son and named him Shelah. It was at Chezeb that she gave birth to him. Judah got a wife for Ur, his firstborn, and her name was Tamar. Now Ur, Judah's firstborn, was evil in the Lord's sight, and the Lord put him to death. Then Judah said to Onan, Sleep with your brother's wife. Perform your duty as her brother-in-law and produce offspring for your brother. But Onan knew that the offspring would not be his. So whenever he slept with his brother's wife, he released his semen on the ground so that he would not produce offspring for his brother. What he did was evil in the Lord's sight, so he put him to death also. Then Judah said to his daughter-in-law Tamar, Remain a widow in your father's house until my son Shelah grows up. For he thought he might die too like his brother's. So Tamar went to live in her father's house. After a long time, Judah's wife, the daughter of Shua, died. When Judah had finished mourning, he and his friend Hera, the Adulamite, went up to Timnah to his sheep shearers. Tamar was told, Your father-in-law is going up to Timnah to shear his sheep. So she took off her widow's clothes, veiled her face, covered herself, and sat at the entrance to Enaim, which is on the way to Timnah. For she saw that, though Sheila had grown up, she had not been given to him as a wife. When Judah saw her, he thought she was a prostitute, for she had covered her face. He went over to her and said, Come, let me sleep with you. For he did not know that she was his daughter-in-law. She said, What will you give me for sleeping with me? I will send you a young goat from my flock, he replied. But she said, Only if you leave something with me until you send it. What should I give you? he asked. She answered, Your signet ring, your cord, and the staff in your hand. So he gave them to her and slept with her, and she became pregnant by him. She got up and left, then removed her veil and put her widow's clothes back on. When Judah sent the young goat by his friend the Adulamite in order to get back the items he had left with the woman, he could not find her. He asked the men of the place, Where is the cult prostitute who was beside the road to Anahim? There has been no cult prostitute here, they answered. So the Adulamite returned to Judah, saying, I couldn't find her, and besides, the men of the place said, There has been no cult prostitute here. Judah replied, Let her keep the items for herself. Otherwise, we will become a laughingstock. After all, I did send this young goat, but you couldn't find her. About three months later, Judah was told, Your daughter-in-law Tamar has been acting like a prostitute, and now she is pregnant. Bring her out, Judah said, and let her be burned to death. As she was being brought out, she sent her father-in-law this message. I am pregnant by the man to whom these items belong. And she added, examine them. Whose signet ring, cord, and staff are these? Judah recognized them and said, She is more in the right than I, since I did not give her to my son Sheila. And he did not know her intimately again. When the time came for her to give birth, there were twins in her womb. As she was giving birth, one of them put out his hand, and the midwife took it and tied a scarlet thread around it, announcing, This one came out first! But then he pulled his hand back. Out came his brother, and she said, What a breakout you have made for yourself. So he was named Perez. Then his brother, who had the scarlet thread tied to his hand, came out and was named Zerah. Now Joseph had been taken to Egypt. An Egyptian named Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh and the captain of the guards, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had brought him there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he became a successful man, serving in the household of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made everything he did successful, Joseph found favor with his master and became his personal attendant. Potiphar also put him in charge of his household and placed all that he owned under his authority. From the time that he put him in charge of his household and of all that he owned, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house because of Joseph. The Lord's blessing was on all that he owned, in his house and in his fields he left all that he owned under Joseph's authority. He did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. Now Joseph was well-built and handsome. After some time, his master's wife looked longingly at Joseph and said, Sleep with me. But he refused. Look, he said to his master's wife, with me here, My master does not concern himself with anything in his house, and he has put all that he owns under my authority. No one in this house is greater than I am. He has withheld nothing from me except you, because you are his wife. So how could I do this immense evil, and how could I sin against God? Although she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her. Now, one day, he went into the house to do his work, and none of the household servants were there. She grabbed him by his garment and said, Sleep with me! But leaving his garment in her hand, he escaped and ran outside. When she saw that he had left his garment with her and had run outside, she called her household servants. Look, she said to them. My husband brought a Hebrew man to make fools of us. He came to me so he could sleep with me, and I screamed as loud as I could. When he heard me screaming for help, he left his garment beside me and ran outside. She put Joseph's garment beside her until his master came home. Then she told him the same story. The Hebrew slave you brought to us came to make a fool of me. But when I screamed for help, he left his garment beside me and ran outside. When his master heard the story his wife told him, these are the things your slave did to me. He was furious and had him thrown into prison where the king's prisoners were confined. So Joseph was there in prison. But the Lord was with Joseph and extended kindness to him. He granted him favor with the prison warden. The warden put all the prisoners who were in the prison under Joseph's authority, and he was responsible for everything that was done there. The warden did not bother with anything under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him, and the Lord made everything that he did successful. After this, the king of Egypt's cupbearer and baker offended their master, the king of Egypt. Pharaoh was angry with his two officers, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker, and put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guards in the prison where Joseph was confined. The captain of the guards assigned Joseph to them as their personal attendant, and they were in custody for some time. The king of Egypt's cupbearer and baker, who were confined in the prison, each had a dream. Both had a dream on the same night, and each dream had its own meaning. When Joseph came to them in the morning, he saw that they looked distraught. So he asked Joseph's officers who were in custody with him in his master's house, Why do you look so sad today? We had dreams, they said to him. But there was no one to interpret them. Then Joseph said to them, Don't interpretations belong to God? Tell me your dreams. So the chief cupbearer told his dream to Joseph. In my dream, there was a vine in front of me. On the vine were three branches. As soon as it budded, its blossoms came out and its clusters ripened into grapes. Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes, squeezed them into Pharaoh's cup, and placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. This is the interpretation, Joseph said to him. The three branches are three days. In just three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your position. You will put Pharaoh's cup in his hand the way you used to when you were his cupbearer. But, when all goes well for you, remember that I was with you. Please show kindness to me by mentioning me to Pharaoh, and get me out of this prison. For I was kidnapped from the land of the Hebrews, and even here I have done nothing that they should put me in the dungeon. When the chief baker saw that the interpretation was positive, he said to Joseph, I also had a dream. Three baskets of white bread were on my head. In the top basket were all sorts of baked goods for Pharaoh. But the birds were eating them out of the basket on my head. This is its interpretation, Joseph replied. The three baskets are three days. In just three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head from off you and hang you on a tree. Then the birds will eat the flesh from your body. On the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, he gave a feast for all his servants. He elevated the chief cupbearer and the chief baker among his servants. Pharaoh restored the chief cupbearer to his position as cupbearer, and he placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. But Pharaoh hanged the chief baker just as Joseph had explained to them. Yet the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph. He forgot him. At the end of two years, Pharaoh had a dream. He was standing beside the Nile when seven healthy-looking, well-fed cows came up from the Nile and began to graze among the reeds. After them, Seven other cows, sickly and thin, came up from the Nile and stood beside those cows along the bank of the Nile. The sickly, thin cows ate the healthy, well-fed cows. Then Pharaoh woke up. He fell asleep and dreamed a second time. Seven heads of grain, plump and good, came up on one stalk. After them, seven heads of grain, thin and scorched by the east wind, sprouted up. The thin heads of grain swallowed up the seven plump, full ones. Then Pharaoh woke up, and it was only a dream. When morning came, he was troubled. So he summoned all the magicians of Egypt and all its wise men. Pharaoh told them his dreams, but no one could interpret them for him. Then the chief cupbearer said to Pharaoh, Today I remember my faults. Pharaoh was angry with his servants, and he put me and the chief baker in the custody of the captain of the guards. He and I had dreams on the same night. Each dream had its own meaning. Now, a young Hebrew, a slave of the captain of the guards, was with us there. We told him our dreams. He interpreted our dreams for us and Each had its own interpretation. It turned out just the way he interpreted them to us. I was restored to my position, and the other man was hanged. Then Pharaoh sent for Joseph, and they quickly brought him from the dungeon. He shaved, changed his clothes, and went to Pharaoh. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I have had a dream and no one can interpret it. But I have heard it said about you that you can hear a dream and interpret it. I am not able to, Joseph answered Pharaoh. It is God who will give Pharaoh a favorable answer. So Pharaoh said to Joseph, In my dream, I was standing on the bank of the Nile when seven well-fed "'healthy-looking cows came up from the Nile "'and grazed among the reeds. "'After them, seven other cows, "'weak, very sickly, and thin, came up. "'I've never seen such sickly ones as these "'in all the land of Egypt.' "'Then the thin, sickly cows "'ate the first seven well-fed cows. "'When they had devoured them, "'you could not tell that they had devoured them. "'Their appearance was as bad as it had been before.' Then I woke up. In my dream, I also saw seven heads of grain, full and good, coming up on one stalk. After them, seven heads of grain, withered, thin, and scorched by the east wind, sprouted up. The thin heads of grain swallowed the seven good ones. I told this to the magicians, but no one can tell me what it means. Then Joseph said to Pharaoh, Pharaoh's dreams mean the same thing. God has revealed to Pharaoh what he is about to do. The seven good cows are seven years, and the seven good heads are seven years. The dreams mean the same thing. The seven thin sickly cows that came up after them are seven years, and the seven worthless heads of grain scorched by the east wind— are seven years of famine. It is just as I told Pharaoh. God has shown Pharaoh what he is about to do. Seven years of great abundance are coming throughout the land of Egypt. After them, seven years of famine will take place and all the abundance in the land of Egypt will be forgotten. The famine will devastate the land. The abundance in the land will not be remembered because of the famine that follows it, for the famine will be very severe. Since the dream was given twice to Pharaoh, it means that the matter has been determined by God and he will carry it out soon. So now, let Pharaoh look for a discerning and wise man and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh do this. Let him appoint overseers over the land and take a fifth of the harvest of the land of Egypt during the seven years of abundance. Let them gather all the excess food during these good years that are coming. Under Pharaoh's authority, store the grain in the cities so they may preserve it as food. The food will be a reserve for the land during the seven years of famine that will take place in the land of Egypt. Then, The country will not be wiped out by the famine. The proposal pleased Pharaoh and all his servants, and he said to them, Can we find anyone like this, a man who has God's spirit in him? So Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has made all this known to you, There is no one as discerning and wise as you are. You will be over my house, and all my people will obey your commands. Only I, as king, will be greater than you. Pharaoh also said to Joseph, See, I am placing you over all the land of Egypt. Pharaoh removed his signet ring from his hand and put it on Joseph's hand, clothed him with fine linen garments, and placed a gold chain around his neck. He had Joseph ride in his second chariot, and servants called out before him, Make way! So he placed him over all the land of Egypt. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh. And no one will be able to raise his hand or foot in all the land of Egypt without your permission. Pharaoh gave Joseph the name Zephynath Panea, and gave him a wife, Asenath, daughter of Potipharah, priest at Olm. And Joseph went throughout the land of Egypt. Joseph was 30 years old when he entered the service of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Joseph left Pharaoh's presence and traveled throughout the land of Egypt. During the seven years of abundance, the land produced outstanding harvests. Joseph gathered all the excess food in the land of Egypt during the seven years and put it in the cities. He put the food in every city from the fields around it. So Joseph stored up grain in such abundance, like the sand of the sea, that he stopped measuring it because it was beyond measure. Two sons were born to Joseph before the years of famine arrived. Asenath, daughter of Potipharah, priest at On, bore them to him. Joseph named the firstborn Manasseh and said, God has made me forget all my hardship and my whole family. And the second son he named Ephraim. And he said, God has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. Then the seven years of abundance in the land of Egypt came to an end. And the seven years of famine began, just as Joseph had said. There was famine in every land, but in the whole land of Egypt, there was food. When the whole land of Egypt was stricken with famine, the people cried out to Pharaoh for food. Pharaoh told all Egypt, Go to Joseph and do whatever he tells you. Now the famine had spread across the whole region. So Joseph opened all the storehouses and sold grain to the Egyptians, for the famine was severe in the land of Egypt. Every land came to Joseph in Egypt to buy grain. For the famine was severe in every land. Psalm 13 How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long will I store up anxious concerns within me, agony in my mind every day? How long will my enemy dominate me? Consider me and answer, Lord my God. Restore brightness to my eyes. Otherwise, I will sleep in death. My enemy will say, I have triumphed over him, and my foes will rejoice because I am shaken. But I have trusted in your faithful love. My heart will rejoice in your deliverance. I will sing to the Lord, because he has treated me generously. Psalm 14 The fool says in his heart, There is no God. They are corrupt. They do vile deeds. There is no one who does good. The Lord looks down from heaven on the human race to see if there is one who is wise, one who seeks God. All have turned away. All alike have become corrupt. There is no one who does good, not even one. Will evildoers never understand? They consume my people as they consume bread. They do not call on the Lord. Then they will be filled with dread, for God is with those who are righteous. You sinners frustrate the plans of the oppressed, but the Lord is his refuge. Oh, that Israel's deliverance would come from Zion. When the Lord restores the fortunes of his people, let Jacob rejoice. Let Israel be glad. I want to give a shout out to Jeff Stappenbeck and Sierra Bowman, two listeners who alerted me to the error I made on Friday. I had a late night meeting with some of the pastors of my church and in my weariness, I posted the wrong file. So they let me know early on so that I could repost and change that. I hope that that didn't cause too many problems for you all. If you hear errors or if you find a misposting, I would love to know about it. I am not somebody that's going to be upset about that. It's like when you got broccoli in your teeth. You want somebody to tell you about it, right? So thank you so much for doing that, and thanks for your patience with me. Well, today's episode was narrated and orchestrated by me, John Ross, and co produced by Bobby Brown, Eric Williamson, and the Christian Standard Bible. Thanks for listening, and remember happy is the one whose delight is in the Lord's instruction, and he meditates on it day and night.